This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. I'm enjoying football Sunday so far this season because we're getting to see Greg Cody at his most flummoxed. I just love you get razzled. You're like, when am I doing this? I'm writing a column. Like it just, it's just you at your most frantic and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's, it's tough because this is the first football season where I've been traveling. I've been going to games. I've been doing the podcast. Uh, You know, I got all this extracurricular (laughs) stuff. Levitard wants me to be on his post NFL show. And, you know, it's a, it's a lot to handle. And um, what a weekend, you know, you, you guys are too young to remember this, but there used to be a very famous movie called The Lost Weekend, uh, a 1945 yes, film starring the great character actor Ray Milland. And that reminded me of this weekend. It, this was the lost weekend for Miami football fans uh, because the University of Miami Hurricanes just got their ass kicked at home uh, by underdog Michigan State, 38 to 17. And, and Canes fans predictably are like chasing Manny Diaz with torches and pitchforks, wanting everybody fired. Everybody fired now. And we thought that was bad. And then one day later in the same cursed stadium, the Dolphins lose to the dreaded Buffalo Bills, 35 nothing in their home opener. Um, Xavier Howard in a bucket hat. He leads the league in bucket hats. He was asked after the game, what was the atmosphere like in uh, the locker room? And he said, a funeral. And I thought that pretty much characterized because the Dolphins have now lost like 180 games in a row to Buffalo. They can't beat the one team they need to beat. They can't even come close. It's like, what a loss weekend, Ray Milland. I'm sorry, but it's just... You know what? <laughs> this this football These football teams don't even deserve our attention. We should focus on a team that gives us something around here, the Miami Heat. <laughs> there you go. And speaking of the Miami Heat, good segue by you, almost like you led wow. me into it. Imagine um, our special guest today is Jason Jax Jackson. And anybody who lives down here or follows the Heat knows him. Some of you may recall that uh, he used to work for ESPN back in the day, but uh, he's the new radio play-by-play voice of the Miami Heat. And as important as that, he also runs a foundation called the Jack's Fam Foundation, and they do an annual celebrity roast. And this year, the guest is, the roastee is a guy named Dan Levitard. And we asked Jax about all Mm -hmm. the details about that, including who's going to be roasting him and all that. And he's my... And he's my karaoke buddy. He is your karaoke buddy. He is, yeah, which I love. I haven't been my invited cutty. to one of those karaoke's, but uh, <laughs> I'm still waiting. Checks in the mail. And um, we also, speaking of Hard Knocks, this is the first episode of the Hard Knocks following Greg's Lobos. So you go inside, behind the scenes, behind the curtain with Greg's Lobos after their first game of the season. That's going to be exciting. <clears throat> Pardon me. Greg, I want to commend you for being a tastemaker here. The Greg's Lobos are a tastemaking franchise because did, did you see the news this week? Not only are they taking their first venture following a fantasy team this year with the Greg's Lobos, Hard Knocks will now also be taking their first venture of doing Hard Knocks during the season. Yeah. I did see that. And uh, yeah, I have to say I felt pride and proud because, uh, you, know, you know, the Lobos were the first. 
It actually makes me want to just like get our first episode with Hard Knocks out right now for the people because we want to we don't want them to see the Colts episodes and be like, oh, Greg's Lobos is just copying that. So let's actually before we get to J Jacks and as my dad coughs, sorry, let's <laughs> let's give people episode one of Hard Knocks with Greg's Lobos. I'm standing here in front of my Lobos. We just finished with week one. You know what? There's only one kind of week one in Loboville, and that's week one a game. We didn't do it. We played like horse shit. We coached like horse shit. I want to single out my man Keenan Allen back there. Keenan Allen was the MVL of week one. The most valuable Lobo. Keenan, admit I'm right, you put a Lobo mint under your pillow and you dreamed big. You're right, coach, I did. Damn right you did, and it showed on the field. And you know what? I want to call out a couple other guys. Zeke, Aaron, you guys were supposed to total about 28 points based on our projections. You know how many we got from you two? Eight. With eight, you get egg roll. With eight, you don't get a win in the PFPI Fantasy League. Okay, we're moving on now from week one to week two. You know what week two stands for? We can do. We can do. We need to win. We need to treat every game like a Lobo Mint. It's under the pillow. We're dreaming big. We're winning. Okay, Lobos, I haven't given up on you yet, but give me a reason to dream again, because we can't have another horseshit performance like we did in our opener. It was an embarrassment. Lamar, hey, thanks for popping in. Um, listen, you got to do some heavy lifting here. Uh, this past week, you got nothing from your backs. Uh, I told the team right now that uh, Zeke and Aaron need to give us more, need to give you more. But when they don't, you got to step up. Um, I, I got I got a whole pocket full of Lobo mints here. I'm going to leave you with a few because we got to start dreaming big here. L. Jack, I trust you. To the end of the world, I trust you. You're my quarterback. You're my QB1. You will be all season, okay? And I need more from you. I need more from you. We got to do some heavy lifting here, and the lifting starts with you, my quarterback. All right, let's break. Let's make it a great week, too. Coach, I got to tell you, we're in the cafeteria right now of Lobo's Land. These are the worst blueberries I've ever had in my life. (laughs) We got to get on the commissary. I don't know what they're doing around here. <clears throat> they're producing blueberries like we produce winds at this point. I got to tell you though, the fourth quarter of the game, week one, about three minutes in, I had a violent case of the runs. I had diarrhea like you wouldn't believe. I didn't think I was going to get through it. Running more than Zeke. I'm telling you, I, you got that right. <laughs> Zeke and Aaron together. Weren't running like I was running in the fourth quarter, I'll tell you that. It's, uh, it was just sad. Mm, blueberries are growing over here. That's not bad. They're hard, but tasty. Coach, I haven't given up. I trust my roster. I really do. We got to coach them up, though. We got to coach them better because <clears throat> you can't take these NFL players and expect them to be hoss dogs. We got to coach them. We'll get there. Trust the Lobo way. Trust the Lobo mint. Honestly, Coach, worked here five years with you, never had a low moment. You're fired.
We need to play like Lobos and coach like Lobos and win like Lobos. And I want to give you the most famous three words in all of football because I believe it still. You haven't lost me. We are the Lobos! All right, I'm excited. I'm excited for next week for the next episode of Hard Knocks. Greg, Greg's Lobos. This is uh, it's prime. How's me. week? It's, uh, how's week two going so far? I know like it's still incomplete. We're in Sunday night yeah. here. This, I know with podcasting, this is a weird timetable. But that documented week one. You're currently in the middle of week two. So are things going a little they're better? Going a little week? bit better. Yeah, we're very competitive this week. We're, we happen to be playing Chris Cody's wife. And uh, mm. the last time I looked, we were it was neck and neck. The projection was like 119 to 119. So you can bet oh, I'm wow. asleep with some Lobos mints under the pillow tonight. I promise you, you that. You, you <laughs> love that mint joke. That's a it's a go to for years for sure. Yeah, that's not a joke. I mean, come on. I didn't ingest enough last week, and now I'm sleeping with them. So um, <clears throat> we appreciate that. <clears throat> Why do I I keep clearing my throat? Cut that out in editing. I want to mention one thing real quick. I'm going to admit I was never a huge Norm McDonald fan, so I'm not going to rhapsodize like everybody else is because he passed away, although I did respect him. But I want to say one thing about Norm McDonald. I thought one of the greatest characters ever on SNL was Turd Ferguson on Celebrity Jeopardy. You know, his Burt Reynolds. I thought that was just I, I would put that in a time capsule. I would watch him as Turd Ferguson on Celebrity Jeopardy. Ad infinitum, like on a on a loop, like thirty times in a row. I just thought it was great. What do you guys think of Norm Macdonald? Norm Macdonald was um, there. There are two weekend update people that stu- have always stood out to me. And it was Kevin Nealon followed up by Norm Macdonald. Um, that was perfect for my era. They set the standard. Norm had this wonderful ability to show his range from being able to do um, your your short one liners to a full-on five-minute joke where nobody has any idea where it's going, but then he pays off in the end. He, he's so good, and he uh, he really just shaped so much of my sense of humor growing up. And but the the, the I think that the nicest thought I could come up with during you know, this whole week was I'm not so much sad as I am thankful uh, for the for the laughs he gave me and the it, the joy that he brought to me laughing at his jokes for you know, for for the whole time that I that I knew well, of his well, work. Um, <clears throat> well said. Let's transition now and have some fun with Jason Jackson. Greetings, good sir. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I love that. I love that logo we saw for a second with the big microphone. That was that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Little Jacks on. Yeah, man. That's what that is. <laughs> uh, hey, ap- appreciate you doing this, man. No problem. No problem. We, um, your son likes to come and party on my roof, so, you know, it's enough to... Looks like that's where you're at. <laughs> no, I'm actually okay. a little further south, but still still with the same vibe for about 12 more days. Yeah, and, th- and then, <laughs> then the work begins, right? Yes, sir. Jason, we wanted to uh, speak to you about, uh, you know, Christopher crashing your karaoke parties and, and a little bit about the heat and the Levitard roast coming up. Yep. But but first, um, you're only the third radio play-by-play guy in 35 years of franchise history. So that puts you in rare company, my friend. Well, if the, the simulcast guys, we're going to give them a little props. You know, back early on, Sam Smith and Eric Reed were actually on the radio 
but via oh. television because everybody was saving money in the eight. Right. <laughs> but uh, but uh, guys, this is a dream come true for me. It, it, I grew up loving just sports overall, but I was a baseball fan and a baseball player up until uh, Danny Schmidt at Bowling Green told me to go back to my residence hall. <laughs> I think he's still the head coach, by the way, at, at BG. And all of my love of what we do covering sports and the essence of what sports is that then manifested into my wife being an athlete, into my both my boys being college athletes. I'm realizing right now I'm the only person in my immediate family that did not have a, a college scholarship for sports. It's very sad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <It was> slacker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I just curveballs, bro. Oh, curveballs. That's what it was. But um, all of that love came from listening to Marty Brenneman and Joe Nuxall on the radio. The Reds are on the radio. I sing it all the time. And it, it's just, it, it, for me, it's an issue of thinking about 1985 at Evendale, this small city outside of Cincinnati, Evendale's uh, Recreation Center, the pool, listening to Marty and Joe afternoon baseball games, and it just spinning all the way to me now doing this for heat nation i want to ask you how you get the news like that like hey we'd love you to be the new play-by-play radio voice but first i want to tell you how i imagine it because over the years i've had the honor of of being um, summoned and invited into pat riley's uh majesty uh of an office a couple of times and it's uh it's pretty awe-inspiring and i am picturing uh you being invited into riley's office yeah there's uh you know, a little uh, soft strains of Godfather type music in the background. And right when he enters the room, the music starts. <laughs> That's right. Yes. And Riley's and- looking out a window, like not looking at him, just looking off into the distance. That's right. And and he's he's muttering under his breath. Mr. Jackson, this has been a job assigned to very few in the family over the years. And we would give you the honor of joining the family in this regard. And uh, is that about how it happened or? Uh, it's exactly right, except for Pat was not involved. It was not in his <laughs> office. <There> was <laughs> it was an email. <laughs> no conversation whatsoever. Till later. Till, we actually did have a cool moment. Um, first of all, I got a peek at his quote before we put out the statement and I wept. And then I saw him at the Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremonies for, for Bosch and the rest of the class of 2021 and before i could even say thank you he was already you know he's already there with the congratulations again uh but no it was a really cool thing i'm literally telling you the story i've not told anybody uh this story the news of mike's retirement got to me secondhand mike you know went in and let the powers to be that needed to know and then later that day as things do in an organization you know i won't put anybody out who told me but (laughs) let's just say we're all on the air together. <laughs> and so I finally get the word, because I usually get the info first. I mean, it's kind of my job. I am the reporter. But I uh, uh, got that info. And then my speculation was that because of the late time frame, that we would just simulcast. And um, a lot of teams are doing that. Matter of fact, in the league, I think there's probably a half dozen that are probably that are going that route, just saving dough. And it's, I don't know how I feel about it. It's just, you know, there's such different yeah. mediums. I don't know how for a long term you could get away with it but anyway that was my assumption and then 12 hours later uh heat vice president and executive uh, director of broadcasting ted ballard uh gave me a buzz and and i said absolutely i think before he even finished 
telling me what he wanted to tell me. Now, we're not losing you on TV though, right? Not at all. Like, like, cause I have to admit, I, when I first saw the headline, Jason Jackson, I was like, oh my God, that's awesome for him. But I immediately got selfish and was like, no, no, no. I watch TV a little bit more than I listen on the radio and I don't like this. But like, right. tell, how is that going to be work? Cause I've got you doing mid quarter updates and then running up the stairs and like, like, I, like, I, <laughs> how is the mechanics of this going to work? Yeah. Christopher, you've nailed the one thing I have to give up. So in game reporting, uh, the walk off television interview. Uh, we we put together 17 years of good stuff in that space. So pre and post TV, we still got you. Pre and post and halftime okay. on okay. television because I am Ron's security blanket, yes. apparently. Yes. So he, he was not ready for any change for the rewind. <laughs> stop it! And, uh, stop it! Roll it! Sorry. And I'm, yeah, stop. There will constantly be stop it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what I've suggested to everyone is that we call the game from the television booth, from the set that we have there on the uh, suite level. Um, it's it, At this point, as we record, I'm not sure that's been fully embraced. Right. I'm just thinking ahead. Um, Ruth Riley Hunter has won a national championship in college, uh, two WNBA championships, and a gold medal. As I told you before, I got cut from college baseball before. So what we're trying to illustrate is the difference between a world-class athlete even in her early 40s, moving briskly around the arena <laughs> versus me. <laughs> work, work. Christopher, we don't need to huff and puff. I can relate. I can relate. Man, and, no toe touch is necessary. And by the way, when I think of, uh, I know her as Ruth Riley. When I think of Ruth Riley, I think of the original uh, WNBA Miami Soul expansion team. Yes, sir. So that's, uh, well, I know. She's got that cred. She was awesome, by the way. And I don't know what kind of compliment this is, but it's a compliment. Uh, Rothstein said, the best screener, WNBA or NBA? Wow. Ever. Love, Ruth Riley Hunter. Love a good screen. When you mentioned a, a minute ago that uh, when you saw the statement Riley had written about you before it was put out and you said that you, you wept, uh, are you serious? Did it hit you that emotionally? It did. I'll tell you why. Uh, Greg, I grew up in Ohio, as I just noted. Uh, at the time, the Cavaliers had not... When I lived in Cleveland, I moved from Cleveland to Cincinnati in 85. And at that time, uh, I'd made a decision as a, as a child how my allegiances were going to go. I was never really a Cavs fan. My dad was a huge Celtics fan. So my brother and I became Lakers fans just to piss him off and really fell in love with it. I mean, obviously, the 80s with Lakers and, and Celtics were off the charts. I believe eight of the 10 finals, right? Something like that. were between those two teams. Um, so it goes back that far for me from uh, a, a, I'm not even going to hesitate, a love affair with Pat Riley. And Chris Rock has that great joke about Bill Clinton. You know, people joke the first black president instead of Barack. But it was Pat Riley. That's, what, that's always Rock's joke. <laughs> uh, but it was the Showtime Lakers for my brother and I, brother Jeff is uh, two years younger, uh, and we basketball was the sport we were best at. He loved basketball. I loved baseball. Um, but we just, that team was at the top of the tip of everything for us. And so since 19, when did he get the job? 80 or 81 as the head coach when Magic performed the skadoodle? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so since then, uh, it's been ridiculous. So when I got the when he got the job with the Heat in '95, that was my last assignment with Channel Seven before I went to ESPN. And then when I got the job in '02, it was like a life. I mean, I'm sorry, in '04, 
that was like life full circle. And even when I walk around the arena and just see him now, like almost it's, it's almost still a genuflex. Like I, I call him coach still. I mean, he's the same age as my parents. So like even calling him Pat seems disrespectful. Yeah. But we've been together for 20 years. Like, so I, I tell you, I can totally relate to what you're saying. There is just uh, I, I sort of felt the same way in, in Don Shula's company. There's just an aura right. about the man, uh, an aura of accomplishment, um, just of magnetism. Uh, I mean, I've been at a couple of social occasions with Pat Riley. And when he walks into a room, there's just a commanding presence uh, and, and everybody right. turns and looks. And he still has that that power to this day. Jason. Um, when I think of a radio play-by-play guy, I think of a, an intimacy with the audience that you don't necessarily get in other mediums. What is it about radio play-by-play that, that really appeals to you to the degree you would call it a lifetime dream? Yeah, I, I think for me, it's an issue of moving from this massive, what I feel like, like I'm talking to all 300,000 people that are watching right. on television. And with radio, I feel like I'm talking to the people that are like right with me, like just Zaz, Tommy, Ruth, yeah. or Ron. And then the person that's on the other end, I don't know why it's not true, but it's like you said, it's a different approach and I haven't had this much room to talk ever. Right. So I spent the first 10 years of my career as a reporter and, and, and an anchor. And then I came into this job as a reporter and a host. And now I'm going to have all this room. Um, first of all, I'm going to be really hungry at the end of a game, right? That's going to be number one. And then number two, the next layer of it's going to be, I will, uh, I will, I will be fatigued. There will be there will be a legit fatigue at the end of shows. I bet. <laughs> but what I want to do, well, first of all, I've been charged with reinventing the experience. And Michael McCullough, who I'm sure you guys know, the executive vice president for marketing, is our ultimate boss in this space. And he and Ted and I, I mean, literally had like I don't know. It was almost like they built a, a wigwam, and we went inside with the hot stones and threw cold water on it and smoke and we're just ripping our shirts off like we're gonna change the world and all i've been doing is meeting with everybody in the organization going okay i can't blow this right like we got to do this and i mean like seriously like we were like yo we've been doing this the same way since before the league even started and so you, you may not get every single dribble out of it but i'll give you this you're gonna know time and score and who scored all of the time. Okay, so that's old school. Yeah. Yeah. I called Marty Brenneman, who's a Hall of Famer over in baseball, my favorite, right? My favorite. Well, I've said his name like four times, right? Man. And the cool thing about Marty is now that he's retired, he talks to you like a, like a grown man. Like, it ain't no filter, right? This is not the Reds radio network. Right. Man, he jumped in my ear and was like, let me tell you something, big boy. Okay. If you don't give time and score after every basket, I don't know you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like... I was like, Marty, that's so intense. I'm, uh, I'm picturing you in the laboratory right now coming up with uh, uh, catchphrases, Ooh, with uh, things yeah. that are going to make your broadcast unique. You know, Eric Reed sort of got the patent on kaboom. And, uh, and I'm wondering what, uh, what, 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 what we can expect from Jax in terms of just little pet phrases or catchphrases. Right. What do you think? So, first of all, you've told on yourself, because Chris, obviously your father does not stay up through the highlights yeah, at the end of post-game shows. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's already got a bunch. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I already have about a ton. Greg, I have this list that I compiled about 10 years ago of a bunch of three-point calls so that when I go through highlights, I'm not saying the same thing over and over. I probably haven't said a dozen of them because in a highlight, 
you know, on a good, good night, there's probably about, you know, five or six threes in a highlight. Right. Um, so uh, the threes will be the place where I actually am completely ridiculous. And the other thing is I actually probably should go to HR and sign a waiver because I'm super handsy. <laughs> and so, like, when something goes down, I'm going to be all over the place. We've even talked about already putting a GoPro in front of Ruth and I or Ron and I so that the content people can just clip it off me being yes. a complete, absolute, North American <laughs> black moose. <laughs> I love it. Just, yeah, this. Yeah. I think I'm going to have something for Bam. So I use Hot Bam instead of, instead of Hot Damn. Yeah. I, I Hot Bam nice. is my move. I want another yeah. one. Absolutely. Like, oh, no, out of bio or something. Or, or the other thing I'm thinking about doing, this is a little old school. What was that old little digicard? Chris, you, this might be too young for this, where you can just push the button and the sound effects pops up. Yes, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. It's so old school. Boing. Yeah. So I'm thinking about locking one of those into it. I just got, it's that Ooh. little line of being too cheesy and, and having a lot of fun. But I remember the old Jack show when I was at uh, 560, whenever I would get a little out of hand, I'd hit the drop for I'm in love with a stripper. And so, <laughs> you know, the, the, just fun stuff like that, that all the stuff that my wife hates, all the stuff that Sherelle hates will be on the show. Yeah. I can't wait to see how daring you get with revolutionizing play by play. That's going to be interesting to, to listen to. What do we think about a little Bam and Eggs, maybe a little scrambled Bam and Eggs? Oh, my God. Submit whatever you have, sir. <laughs> I'll send you an email. <laughs> Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jack, we want to transition to um, uh, you have the Jack's Fam Foundation, which produces yeah. the, 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 the Jack Celebrity Roast. And of course, your your special guest coming up um, uh, in October is uh, <laughs> our own pal Dan Levitard is going to be roasted, put on a spit and roasted. Yeah. And uh, tell us uh, how that came about. Well, this is the fourth uh, volume four, as we call it, uh, about, uh, what was it, 2016. I decided, man, I am hosting everyone's philanthropic event in town. And while they're all great stuff, and I still do those things, uh, there's some things that are important to me. And a lot of that stuff's super, super micro. That's one of the things about Jackstown Foundation. And we thank the great Shane Battier for giving us vision here. Touch the people. And we use our philanthropic space, our foundation space, we don't do anything for anyone we don't meet or touch. And that's not the handsy part that, that Ruth and Ron are going to have to deal with. <laughs> that's just, we want to be able to see who we're impacting and sure. what we're impacting. We don't have paperwork and red tape and all that stuff, man. We see problems and we try to fix. Them. And so the roast was really our marketing arm. It was like, we do all this really cool, tiny stuff. 
But how are we going to tell people what we do or how to get them to be involved in the donation aspect unless we have, this is Miami, unless we have a party. And so I was like, no dinner, right? No golf tournament, no gala, all right? And I am such, first of all, I love stand-up comedy. I mean, like, love it. And, uh, And I love the Rat Pack. And so the old Dean Martin celebrity roast is what this is. Nice. Those cats, Chris, you don't know this stuff, man. In the 70s on network television, Greg, I think they were on NBC, if I'm not mistaken. These smoking and drinking on national television, I mean, they wouldn't cuss, but I mean, there there was no mistaking what the innuendo was about. And and it was fantastic. Right. And so I was like, man, this is so out of vogue. And I know what they do over in Comedy Central, but just the idea of getting dressed up Mm -hmm. and going out and going to a roast is something that was like 40 years in the darkness. And I was like, listen, don't work harder, work smarter, baby. Let's not reinvent the wheel. And so it was Irie first and then Jason Taylor and then Dwayne Wade. And then I said, okay, now we need to move backward. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it begins. (laughs) We've gone too hard in Miami greatness. Uh, But to Dan's credit, let's do this though. I've known Dan since 1994 when I came here from Bowling Green. Um, he was he was trying to claw all over your father. Yeah, he was. He was just trying to yep. climb all over your dad and Edwin Pope and be the star of the paper. Yeah. And he did, by the way. And he did. <laughs> and he, he, did he wasn't trying. He was doing it. And I will tell you, my first reaction to Dan Levitard was, what a yeah. dickhead. <laughs> like, that was my first reaction. Like, I didn't know him. I had just read the article he had written breaking the pay-for-play stuff. And I so loved my university when I found out that he was a UM grad that did that to UM, as I looked at it then, that did that to UM did it to themselves, right? <laughs> but he took down the program. No, you can say it. We make fun of him all the time on the show. He, he crippled the program with his typewriter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, what a yeah. jackass. And then I met him. I was like, man, that's, that's a cool dude. He doesn't know this. I, when I left here, I read his Sunday column every bleeping Sunday. And then when I got back, it was just magical. When I got back in 2004, he had reached such a skill set. And, and Cody, you take credit for this. I know you were instrumental in his growth. The way that he would present something so ridiculous as sport, as this wonderful platform for discussion, it was poetic. It really was. He made me think about things that I had thought I had already thought about yeah. in deeper, more uh, insightful ways. And, and I'll always respect. Now, he doesn't call me now. He doesn't invite me nowhere. I didn't get invited to the wedding. You know, all that stuff. I'll get over all that because I'm going to beat his ass to death <laughs> on, on October 10th at, at Hard Rock. And, and the cool thing is he finally called and gave us, by the way, Cody, you got to get this man like an assistant or secretary yeah, or something. He is the worst <laughs> person to coordinate with yeah. in the history oh, yeah. of Jack's Liberty Road. So socially awkward. Dwayne Wade is two years from the Hall of Fame, Yeah, right? Our boy, um, who am I thinking of? Jason Taylor yeah. is in the Hall of Fame, and Irie's a world-renowned DJ. Mm-hmm. Easiest people to get their roasters, <laughs> how many people at the table, oh, yeah. do you need an extra table? We've been talking to him since July. <laughs> I hear he's like auctioning you all seats right now yeah. to be in the house. Like it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But we are going. It's going to be fantastic. He finally decided. Was the point I was making. He finally decided what um, 
the the main benefactor is going to be, and it's um, going to be McGill's uh, uh, endowment. Yeah, that's yes. that uh, project. Yeah, we're going to be able to impact wildlife around the world. So um, that is unique. I do not like animals like that, <laughs> um, but I love Ron McGill. Uh, so it's it's awesome. That dude put one of those albino pythons around my neck one day. That damn yellow one, right? He brings that thing around to everyone. I'm like, yeah. man, I did not have a puppy, okay? Yeah, I got no time for this snake around my neck. <laughs> we're going to have a blast. I hope you guys are both going to be. I hope you both make the cut. I'm excited. We're going. Um, between the three of us and thousands of listeners, yep. uh, your boy I'm... bought a second tape. So oh, there's nice. more than enough room. Nice. So if he's on this whole thing about, oh, I just got 10 seeds and I can't, he's lying. He's got 20 seeds. The funny thing is, is we got a text like, yes, like yesterday, like you guys, uh-huh. you're in. So like, I, I think we're in. So we'll see you there. I'm excited. Got you. Got you. I believe I've, I believe I've made the cut. So uh, can you tease us on, on how it's going to work? Like, like you're roasting them and who else? Like, how does, uh, no, no, I don't. That's the beautiful thing. While I am the namesake for the host, I am, I'm super it's the same approach I took in sports talk, which is why I had to leave sports talk is that I, I always treat people well. And so, <laughs> How dare you? So I'm, I'm, I'm like, a li- I'm literally a host. Um, but man, we hire two comedians, uh, South Florida's own Gene Harding. And then the guy we call the assassin. Oh my Lord. <laughs> Chris Spencer comes in and treats people like it, it it's, it's, it's hideous. That's awesome. And, and he's back for the fourth straight year. Nice. And then, um, Fresh off the presses, Dan has finally named his second roaster. He gets two. Uh, he named Ron McGill a few weeks ago. Okay. And we haven't even announced this as a foundation, so you guys are getting this first. Um, Billy Corbin. Billy Corbin. Is, uh, is going to be his second roaster. Nice. And I hear David Sampson's trying to weasel his way in. He could just buy a ticket. <laughs> but apparently... Apparently, Samson's going to be a part of the act. So okay. It's going to be a thing. I believe Dan, you know, in his figuring out who his roasters would be, asked my yeah. dad if he was interested. And my dad, dad, you chickened out, right? You're like, I just want to get drunk. Right. No, that's wise. That's not chickening out. Yeah, I didn't put it uh, that indelicately, but uh, uh, I would rather enjoy myself at the table than uh, than than have to perform. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the way to go. Yeah. I drink the whole night. Like, I, <laughs> yes. I, I get in there and I get... And that those nights, and Greg, you'll you'll have to teach Christopher this later. At about forty, vodka starts tasting like water. <laughs> it's a dangerous thing. Yeah. Okay. And so I've moved to I've moved to tequila nice. um, in these moments because I'm really a bourbon drinker. Uh-oh. All right. But but it's too hot. It's too hot mm-hmm. for all that right now. Mm-hmm. Even in October. I, like for bourbon, I think about another log on the fire. Let's tell the story of yesterday, of right. your, tell the, tell the, tell the tales of your, you know? And so it's really hard. Like I'm, 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 I've last two years without traveling with the heat. Like I'm forcing bourbon down my throat. Because <laughs> I use the cold weather cities to have that, that real true bourbon experience. But man, I'm going to tell you both this summer, I've worn tequila out. Try to find some Casamigos around here. Good luck. It's all, I drank it all. It's all yours. I drank it all. <laughs> drink at all we want to get you out of here you've been great with your time uh, i want to hit a few yeah. things though on the way out uh you mentioned being a great host and so we can't not mention me you know i i, I don't i've been to one of your karaoke parties now i wouldn't i can't say i was invited i just kind of glommed onto roy bellamy and amin al hassan 
But I'm so I, glad you were there. I and you are. You're just so nice, so welcoming, and <laughs> I had a great time. I just thank you first of all for allowing me to be there, and second of all, let's say you're a judge of karaoke. Like what the perfect karaoke performance is? What the Jason Jackson? First of all, thank you for coming. Secondly, I had to create these parties because I can't walk into Sweet Caroline right. and actually believe my health is okay. Like it's just. It's too dense. Yes. Kids don't care. Nobody, nobody has a mask on. Yeah. I mean, I'm vaccinated, but still, right. you can get this up. And, oh, yeah. and unfortunately, I caught it after a year. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to get into how or why because it is sensitive. Uh, but <laughs> that's an all-fair story, I'll tell you guys. <laughs> uh, but I never want to go through it again, obviously, vaccinated or not. And so um, my, my other spot is ball and chain. And there's some blood feud between ownership and some city commissioner, some old stupid South Miami stuff that has not allowed for that place to open yet. So I said, bleep it, call a couple of these DJs and have them on the roof so we can social distance, have a good time. Again, four crates of Casamigos, let's have a great time, right? Um, so it's important to note that Amino Hassan is, embodies the excellence of karaoke because he cannot sing. Yes. But he can perform. Yes. So the essence of a perfect karaoke performance doesn't have anything to do with you carrying a tune. Do you know the lyrics? Yeah. Do you play to the crowd? And will you let it rip? And if you get that, you're solid. Because one of my favorite performances ever was at Ball and Chain before the world came crashing to a halt. Roy Bellamy. Thank you. I knew Went it. up there. Yes. Stood in the center of the stage, didn't move one muscle except for his larynx and his jaws, and knocked down some Lou Rawls. Holy hell! He came off that stage. I think I beat him up, but enjoy. Like just, I'm like high five at him and hugging him, and I, I, and like I'm trying to get him to do to get it going again on the roof that night, and he hit me like a superstar. He's like, Jax, relax. I'll be, I'll get there. Jax, I, I got it. I got to tell you, Bellamy uh, favored us with uh, about 30 seconds of Barry White on my podcast a few months ago, and it was just charming. So good. It was delightful. <laughs> so good. In key, entirely his space, but it almost looks like he's about to have a seizure, like because he's just so like locked in and he's focused and he's little tense not moving a step tension not moving a step is the best part like he just is planted right there the elbows out like some people got like a little two-step and do their thing like when my crew we all do poison by bell bib devoe we get nuts it's like straight late 80s early 90s r&b we're jumping you know all the group dancing everything roy right You'll never find (laughs) (laughs) right exactly the best the best Jax, we're gonna uh, we're gonna let you know uh, go right now. Christopher's gonna roll his eyes because I'm I'm gonna leave you with uh, a request to tee us up for heat season. Uh, heat fans are listening, uh, and and I'm wondering this uh, this newly minted uh, triumvirate of Bam, Jimmy, and and Kyle Lowry uh, is that a big enough big three to hang with the Brooklyns and the Milwaukee's? Uh, I think if the team fully commits, here comes the spoism to what their identity should be, which is go outside, spray all the dirt with water, <laughs> bring it inside, and throw it on the court. All right? <laughs> so it should just be a muddy mess 
of defensive. They should do that one game just to send a message to the league. Just like, literally do what that. we're doing. I think that's a really high fine, Chris. Stay out of other people's money, okay? <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, but it should be a defensive team unlike we've seen for a while. Um, and that's also guys coming off the bench, right? That's Deadman. That's Morris. Um, that's a bunch of other guys that are just kind of just programmed that way. But that's what I'm looking forward to. It's, it's you know, this team's going to be able to score. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Um, but what we've heard from Jimmy over these first couple of years about, you know, and he, and he hits you with some Texas, right? He doesn't say defend. He doesn't talk about schemes. He simply looks and says, guard somebody. <laughs> it's just super simple. Yeah. And so he's got a, a complete group of people who are committed to that and who have a veteran savvy and then a bunch of guys uh, that know their roles. And so I'm excited about it. I mean, I, I, the, the, here's one of those tough moments again where you've cheered against someone for so long. Yeah. And Lowry, by the way, has put it on us a couple times particularly in that game seven of the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference semifinal. We're about to go put it on LeBron. Let him know you left, you left too soon, son. Mm-hmm. And then in that fourth quarter Ugh. of game seven, Lowry just, oh, my God, yeah. just lost his mind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we had to watch the conference finals yep. <laughs> from a mile away, right? Um, so I'm looking forward to having that on our side. But there's also something that happens to every player. Goes away to Team USA and comes back with a gold medal. I'm looking for another layer. From Bam. That's good. I think yeah. there's going to be, there's going to be, a, and, and by the way, like another layer, and he's all world, right? Like so, it's he's he's already an all star. He's already leaning toward all NBA. If he's got another thing there, man, we this is everything Pat said. Here's the thing. Remember back to his press conference when he was drafted. Pat was like, "We're going to put 13 in the rafters." Yep. I'm like, Pat, he is 19 years old. How in the world? Do we know that? Yeah. That's why he's Pat Riley and I'm I'm the dude with the makeup on the radio. <laughs> what is the most contentious uh, interview you ever had on the sideline? And I know you do the home team a lot and like after wins. Right. So like it's pro- you probably don't have a lot of these. Maybe most memorable. Like what do you You got? don't have to classify it. You don't have to classify it at all. Big three. Chicago sneaks one in. Joachim Noah on our court does like a cartwheel. Remember that one? Yeah. Did like a cartwheel yeah. after a game. And this is back when we interviewed both teams. And I'll tell you why. This was the beginning of us not interviewing both teams anymore. And so I get Noah. I'd ask for anybody but him, <laughs> right? And the Bulls PR staff gives me Noah. And he's on my microphone talking about how great it is. It's always great to beat Miami. Oh. We're going to beat Miami. And guess who's in his office watching already pissed is Nick Harrison. Yeah. Oh my. So we get this call, me and Ted Ballard, to come up to Nick's office. And he wants to know why we even do it. I'm like, Nick, we've been doing this forever. It's just you saw it that night, and Yo Kim pissed you off, and we get it. And so he was like, well, pick your spots. That's kind of what it was at that point. He's like, don't do it all the time. So fast forward to like three years, no other incident in like three years. I can't remember where Paul was at this point, but Paul Pierce, no longer Celtic, maybe in Washington, had a night again on our floor, and just Heat Nation got in Twitter and let me have it again. We had been doing it for like 12 years, 15 years. And all of a sudden, Heat Nation sensitive during those days. Like, we don't want to hear bleep from anybody other than Chris, Dwayne, and LeBron. Other than that, yes. get off our television. Right. A few weeks ago on the Levitard show, we had a, a former sports center anchor say that he once stole your TV from your cubicle. No, you didn't. You had Dan Patrick on. 
Okay. All right. Don't say a former. That's some bullshit, Chris. And I don't even cuss like that. In, you know, on these mediums. Did that happen? Is that a true story? Yes, it happened. Yes. <laughs> yes. I sat outside Dan's office like I was his do boy. So that's how ESPN does you. They create this kind of us versus them. And then inside the us versus them is the have and the have nots, mm-hmm. right? So when I first got there, like the office space looked like we worked at a 1980s insurance agency. <laughs> this is a worldwide leader in sports. And we got these cubicles. We got these people, Chris Berman. Uh, Bob Lee, Charlie Steiner, Robin Roberts, and they got cubicles like they are taking claims calls. Like it's terrible, terrible. It doesn't look that different now. <laughs> I, I worked there a couple years ago. It doesn't look that different now. So we finally moved to this new space when they built the ESPN News Studio back in '96, and we're in this space. And so they took all those people that I'm advocating for and gave them these beautiful offices with windows all around the room and based it on seniority. There was like yeah. I don't know, maybe. 15 offices. And so one through 15 in seniority got the offices and then 16 through everybody else. I think at the time I was 23 on the list. (laughs) We were in these cubicles taking, you know, pizza delivery orders. Okay. There's an actual list. There's an actual hierarchy, like an actual list. How you pick your, how you pick your vacation back in the day was based on your seniority. Wow. Wow. Because there were blackout dates. Yeah. And so literally you would walk into this office. There would be an old calendar. And you look down. It'd be like, there's all Bob Lee's vacation. There's all Steiner's vacation. There's Ravi's vacation. And then you pick your days. I remember my first year, I like was like, had like four days in March and then three more days in September. Like, it was ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, And then, uh, so anyway, I sat right outside Dan's office. And I had a brand new, you know, brand new offices. I had a brand new little television it was nothing crazy maybe it was like you know 20 inches maybe but he had this old thing that you had to like crank on the side like a model t in his office took it out put it on my desk took my television and i'm losing i'm flipping out right (laughs) and he comes out his office like oh my what's happening we should probably find your monitor (laughs) let's look around for it he's like helping you he's concerned he's like we're gonna get to the bottom of this he didn't tell me about it until like I think maybe like five years ago, I was on the show as a guest and he wanted to cleanse his soul. Okay. You know, he's an old, he's an old altar boy. Oh, so, you know, he's constantly in full guilt. And so this one had gotten on him for a while. He's like, Jackson, it was me. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like no context. Jackson, it was me. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, the TV thing. Remember the TV? You thought your monitor got stolen? The thing I helped you look it for? Yeah, that was me. I literally, I just hung up. In the middle of the interview, I just hung up. So, so you have not absolved him of, uh, of guilt. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. On that note, Jason Jackson, the uh, new radio play-by-play man for the Miami Heat. Looking forward to that. And before that, we look forward to uh, next month's roast of Dan Levitard. That's going to be a ball. Yeah, it's actually jackslibertyroast.com. Okay. The event has its own site. That's that's We, we had to pull it out of the, the, the site for the foundation and make it its own universe because it's so nasty. Nice. <laughs> nice. Look forward to it. We'll see you then. We'll see you then. And thanks. Wait. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jay Jackson. Absolutely, boys. Be well. Thanks. All right, mm-hmm. Jason, that was a lot of fun. Thank you very much for joining us. Follow his uh, foundation at Jax. That's J-A-X. What is it? Jack's Foundation? That's jackcelebrityroast.com. Jack's Celebrity Roast. Excellent. Excellently done, Jack. Jack's Celebrity Roast.com. <laughs>
Thank you very much. Now, before we let you go, I want to give you the address one more time to get a Greg Cody Show decal if you haven't yet, because we still have a couple of hundred to give away. Write a self-addressed stamped envelope to Greg Cody, care of The Levitard Show, The Clevelander, 1020 Ocean Drive, Miami Beach, Florida, 33139. And we'll get you a couple of decals. Thank you, as always, Pod Family. Had a great time today. Hope you did, too. See you all next week. And if you still haven't gotten yours yet, I had a bunch in my backpack for about two weeks. So you should probably, you know, my dad just got those. And he, you, so if, you, if you're waiting on one, it's coming. There you go. And it's on Christopher, not me.